This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Let's start with this breaking news here. John Cooper, Mm -hmm. Park Board Commissioner in Vancouver, had been running for mayor for the the, the once powerful NPA party in Vancouver politics. And just the breaking news this hour that he's pulling out and not running. I'm just looking at a statement here from the party saying that they wish him well. They'll have more to say in the future. Are they going to run another candidate? I mean, it sounds like they might put someone else up for mayor. What do you make of this? Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's not entirely surprising given there was a Main Street poll out that showed he was uh, dead last in terms of mayoralty candidates, just 6%. None of the candidates polling particularly well. I mean, the, at the head of the pack with just 17% is Kennedy Stewart in that particular poll. So no one faring well, but certainly John Cooper faring the, the worst. And now uh, the criticism from that side of the spectrum all along have been there's too many candidates from the center-right yeah. uh, splitting yeah. the vote. You've got right. Ken Sim, you've got Colleen Hardwick, you've got John Cooper. So Cooper's now bowing out. That Presumably, if they don't run another candidate, and I think the pressure on them is going to be not to run another candidate. Yeah. Um, would seemingly benefit Sim and or Hardwick. Mark Marison is not at the same level as those two, uh, but Kennedy Stewart probably just not entirely happy with John Cooper's departure. Okay, John Cooper has been a guest on this show in the past, and every time he's come on, he's he's ripped the mayor a new mm-hmm. one, you know, because he's running against him. And let's have a little sample here. So here is John Cooper attacking the mayor, questioning Vancouver City Council over the a lawsuit against big oil. Here's what Cooper had to say about that. They have a lot of work on their hands. and I believe that Adam Palmer and his team do a great job, and they're very professional, and they're very progressive. And, um, uh, you know, I think we need, to, we need to support them. I mean, to return the mayor just spending $700,000 to sue big oil, um, I would have... You know, I think that could be better spent on public safety across our city, and that's just part of it. Yeah, so, I mean, he would frequently come on attack the mayor, of course, as you would when you're running against the guy, but he just not he just was not getting the traction in no. the poll. Like, he, those are minuscule numbers he had in that poll. Oh, very, very poor showing. Yeah. Uh, again, the NPAs made crime their number one issue, right? which I still think is a is a uh, a pretty good issue right now for sure. any civic party to take on, given what's going on in Vancouver, these random uh uh, incidents of violence certainly has captured the public imagination in a very negative way. So it's, I think Kennedy Stewart's vulnerable on that. But when he's got you know all these candidates against him, all splitting the same pool of voters, it's good news for Kennedy Stewart. I but mean, he's got one less opponent now. If there was one candidate, like if all these splintered political parties could rally around one person for mayor, I think they'd have a, a shot at knocking off Kennedy Stewart. But, sure, when, but when the vote is split all over the place like this... Yeah. You mentioned the once powerful NPA off the top, and they were yeah. once powerful. You know, I used to cover Vancouver City Hall back in the days of, you know, you had George Pugh there, yeah, you know, sure. uh, pretty formidable uh, politicians there who yeah. controlled council. Um, but those days are long gone. The, they've, they've splintered, they've self-imploded, and show no sign necessarily of regrouping. Yeah, you've got, there's a ton of people running for mayor here, as you mentioned. You've got Colleen Hardwick, uh, Mark, Mark Marison. Mm-hmm. The ex-husband of Christy Clark, by the way, yeah. uh, Ken Sim, 
also ABC. R- running for mayor again. And they're all just, you know, it's kind of a dog's breakfast of candidates here. And they're all taking a little slice of support in this poll. But at, at this rate, Kennedy Stewart's got to be laughing here. I mean, he must love it the way the vote is splitting. Oh, I would think so, but it's splitting less now with Cooper's departure. Right. Well, uh, unless they replace him with unless somebody Unless they replace yeah. him. And I, 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 think, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I mean, no name leaps to the fore here. Uh, they, there's more people leaving the MPA than coming into the MPA. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, you think right. there'll be pressure on them to don't replace them, don't run yep. anybody now. For sure. Yeah. That's going to be a conversation in the back rooms. But Kennedy Stewart still has to be the odds-on favorite to get reelected here. Okay, watching that one closely has an interesting development there for sure. The election is in October. Mm-hmm. Okay, October 15th October is election 15th. day in Vancouver. Um, David Eby, now speaking of some provincial politics here, David Eby poised to be the next leader of the NDP, poised to be the next premier. We've both bravely predicted that here <laughs> on the show. I, I think it's interesting the way that Eby now is speaking out about government policies and what he would do as premier. Have a listen to this here now. And here he is in conversation with uh, Czech TV and in Victoria and talking about the primary urgent care center system mm-hmm. that had been set up for health care by Adrian Dix. And you'll hear him here. He doesn't really dump on it or criticize it so much, but he just says he wants to go in a different direction when it comes to family doctors. Have a listen to EB here. I think urgent primary care centers play a critical role in the healthcare system and have supported a lot of people through the pandemic. And I really uh, can't imagine that we would be closing services at this stage. But what we do need to do is uh, support physicians to choose to do long-term care for patients from birth to death, those family doctors uh, that build those relationships. Urgent primary care centers are not that, and they're important. But what we need are family doctors to support families. That was very interesting. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh, Adrian Dix supports David Eby in, in the leadership. He's uh, going to endorse him. But uh, this is a, a sort of a subtle criticism of the existing healthcare policy, which is there's more emphasis on these urgent primary care centers than what Eby wants to see. Now, uh, Adrian Dix uh, is in favor of more family doctors. There's no yeah. qu- question about that. But it'll be interesting to see if there's a, a shift in strategy of how to accomplish getting more family doctors. This incentive program doesn't seem to have worked this, uh, in terms of attracting people into the family practice. But um, it's it, it's a challenge for David Eby to, at the same time, support the government that he's a member of, but at the same time trying to articulate his own vision or policy platform as he goes forward. When he becomes premier, he's not John Horgan. He's going to have some subtle changes here, maybe some not so subtle changes, but he's got to walk a fine line here. You can't criticize the government that you're a part of uh, too greatly, but at the same time, you want to carve out your own niche here as a leader in terms of policy. Yeah, and it's also interesting that he's he's basically running unopposed for the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, it looks like he's going to be acclaimed here, acclaimed as premier. So it's not like he's you know, debating opponents or debating no. contrary visions with someone else with the way an opponent would lead the province. I mean, he's basically laying out an agenda for himself as premier. Like he's talked a lot about. Well, we'll see how much of an agenda he does lay out. Well, I mean, this well, is one ta- example. Well, There's he's a talked housing. Others. Well, he's talked housing. Which he, he was minister of. Yeah. So, but the, the thing that jumped out there in housing was he said that I want to start building housing for the middle class. Like mm-hmm. the government would start building middle class housing. Now he's talking about enhanced enticements to get family doctors staying in the profession mm-hmm. or joining the profession. Like this sounds like a, is this a big spending agenda he's outlining here? 
Well, you know, I think there's going to be certainly some spending attached to some of his uh, pronouncements going forward. I don't think you're, David Eby is not a restraint guy. No, he's not. He's not going to call for belt tightening here. Uh, he's going to be looking. I think you know, Eby's got a reputation as a pretty creative guy. I think he's going to be. There is going to be some spending attached to some of his uh, policy announcements. There's no question. But it's interesting. This is so he's running as part of a member of government. For many times, we see uh, leadership races about opposition parties. This is a leadership, of, for example, in the the um, federal conservative race right now. That's an opposition party race. Uh, the stakes are lower. The stakes are higher in a government-run uh, leadership race because you're you're becoming the next leader. Look at what's going on in Great Britain, the United Kingdom. Yeah. It, there you've got cabinet ministers, two cabinet ministers at each other's throats over yeah. over this, and and really talking different policy directions for a, the, whoever is going to become the leader is going to become the prime minister there, and there's going to be a policy change. But we'll see how much of a shift is going to here. We've talked before, given that this government is pretty significantly ahead of the Liberals in the polls. Uh, is there a need for a change? Yeah. That's the challenge EB's got. Do you really want to have a big change at a time when the voters don't seem to be supporting that? Yeah. So I think he's got to pick his spots. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, let's finish up here with Dick Cheney, mm. the former Republican vice president. He was George W. Bush's vice president. And, of course, his, his daughter, Liz Cheney, prominent Republican Number pr- one critic, Trump critic of Donald Trump. So Liz Cheney is in a, a very difficult fight for a primary to re, um, remain a member of Congress here. Now, here comes dad to try and help her out. Listen to Dick Cheney here uh, endorsing his daughter and going after Trump. There has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Okay, Dick Cheney, not holding back. No, there, holding back. At, uh, yeah, interesting to see the Republicans are starting. I mean, they're they're fracturing. This is not a Trump party. I mean, there's a s- significant Trump faction in the Republican Party, no question. But when you see prominent Republicans like uh, Dick Cheney start to speak out, and again, no holds barred here, they're using words like coward to describe yeah. the former leader of the party, is uh, there seems to be a bit of a shift in the United States going on. Now, there was that primary in Kansas this week. That's a you know not a Democrat state, and the voters there are turning their backs on the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, supporting abortion rights. There, uh, there seems to be a little bit of a wind in the sails of the Democrats right now, as you and I suggested might happen after Roe v. Wade's yeah. decision. Doesn't mean they're going to win the midterms, but now there's a pullout suggesting that perhaps they can hang on to the Senate. Uh, so I think there's been a bit subtle shift in the vote down south, and I think you're going to see other Republicans speak out against Trump. I'm not sure, though, it's going to help Liz Cheney, though, his well, daughter. She, yeah, she's, she's in, in deep. A she's in deep Very in difficult fight. Very red state. Um, the, the Wyoming's a very conservative area, and yeah. Trump does have his supporters there, and she's in tight against a challenger there. Yeah, she's being challenged for the... Uh, the GOP primary there, and she's trailing badly. I was looking at one poll that had her 22 points yeah. behind this. The, uh, oh, the maybe dad's a former attorney was uh, challenging her. Maybe dad's ad will help. Well, that's we'll she, she's going to need a lot of help. I'm not sure yeah. this will do it. We'll see. We'll see. That's but that's getting a lot of attention. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Cliff and Ladner. Hi, Cliff, go ahead. Hi, hey, Mike. Um, I'd like to say something about the medical system. I had a biopsy in May for prostate cancer, and since then, this is in the space of three months, I've had an MRI, a CT scan, a cystoscopy, a nuclear scan. I've been interviewed by three or four doctors. Given the choice of radiation, I'm having an operation next week, all in the space of three months. Our medical system is absolutely wonderful. It, I, I, and I think we should spend everything we can to bring, to get rid of the doctor shortage in this province. But I am such a advocate of our medical system in this province that, and I'm a living example of how good and how efficient it is. That's all I want to say. Cliff, thanks for sharing that, and I, yeah. I wish you all the best here with your surgery and a, and a full re- mm-hmm. and I wish you a full recovery. Your thoughts, Keith. Well, yeah, I've, I mean, I've got friends and family going through the healthcare system right now with cancer treatments and such, and they're getting exemplary care. However, there are some exceptions to this. That does, and you know, the media we we covered planes that crash. We don't cover planes that land safely, and that's what gets media coverage: is people who do have problems in the healthcare system. The healthcare system is not perfect, but as Cliff's uh, call uh, is reflective of, many it is a great system. You know, it's not, it's got some problems though. Right now, it, the Canadian healthcare system is in crisis. It's not just in BC. Uh, Ontario is sounding the alarm of a significant nursing shortage there. They are closing for, um, some services. Alberta is doing the same. So right. we're going through a human resources crunch, the likes of which we haven't seen before. I've heard it said that, you know, if you get really sick in the system, like, you know, Cliff got, you got cancer, I mean, you're going to get great care. You know, uh, the problems are, Cancer is, or things it, like just trying to get access to a doctor. You get some yeah. prescriptions renewed, like the family that had to take out the ad in the newspaper just to get res- prescriptions yeah, renewed. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's, the family doctor shortage is one thing. Um, but, you know, a few years ago, I mean, we're not, we've hit the million, do- million people, uh, Mark, of people without a family doctor. Well, five years ago, there were still 800,000 people a without a family doctor. So yeah. it's, it's not like this is a new problem, yeah. but it's an exacerbated problem and it's getting more attention. Jack and Burnaby. Hi, Jack. Go ahead. Oh, hi, Mike. Hey, I was going to make a comment on uh, that fixing the medical issue with the money. To be honest, this government doesn't even know ABC of uh, business uh, business support or business initiatives. All they do is tax you to death, and all they do is just they carry on the previous projects. Can you name me a single project they can own at the end of the day in the last five years? Like so like a, no, like a like a public like a big public infrastructure project that they successfully yeah com- yeah, yeah. Uh, good question. We, <laughs> it's interesting. The Patello Bridge was announced along a few years ago. It's no, you know, it seems to be taking its time uh, to getting completed. I think right now a lot of focus is on repairing the highway system that was washed out with that uh, atmospheric river. Right. That's taken a bit, a lot of money. But, you know, this government, just like the B.C. Liberals, uh, both governments are spending a lot of money on infrastructure projects. Uh, we're seeing uh, hospitals uh, being built, just like we saw under, under the B.C. Liberals. Both had in public infrastructure as a main component of their economic plan. And on much, that, there's not a lot of difference between the two parties. How much is the Site C dam over budget now? Oh, yeah. No, that's like hitting $16 billion. I think it yeah. was originally $8.5 billion. So. <laughs> 
It's set for that to go higher. I get a Friday update of the Site C Dam. It's a massive, massive project, but it's not completed yet. Squeeze in another call. Rob in Chilliwack. Rob, you got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Hey, hey good morning. I'll be real quick, Mike. I just want to weigh in on the, on the Trump and Dick Cheney situation. You know what? Cheney's got a lot of nerve weighing in on that. Let's remember, this is the same the same president and all that. Oh, weapons of mass destruction. Republican Party member, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. those, those, those guys, I'm sorry, no, no respect for Dick Cheney. And, and let's remember, Trump, No, there were no wars on his watch. You okay, know? Rob, th- thank so, you for the call. The, the, Thanks for the call. Yeah, well, Cheney's getting a lot of blowback on uh, social media for being, you know, the architect of the Iraqi war. Uh, yeah. so he's got a lot of enemies as well, but I still think that that ad's having an impact. Thanks, Keith. All right, have a great weekend.